Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, gangs. Nice to see you. You good? Good, good. For those of you that haven't met me before, my name's Nick and I'm one of the pastors here. And it is my utter pleasure this morning to be talking to you about something that I am really passionate about, which is hearing from God. It's good, right? Um, Nice trainers. I've got new trainers. I feel like if someone comes up and scuffs my trainers, then you may hear from God in a way that you may not expect. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, yeah, let's go. Yeah, I'm in that kind of mood. There it is. I'm a little bit tired and my filter goes when I'm a bit tired. Um, So for those of you that, um, that have just been around recently or maybe you're new here this morning, we as a church have been working um, through our culture journal. So this really is not a book so much as an expression of the kind of people that we want to be, who we're becoming, what we're passionate about. If it's only ever read as a book, frankly... It will not do anything in your life. But if you live out the stuff in this book, I guarantee you it will transform your life and the life of those people around you. And so if you haven't yet got one, these are available at the back. You're all welcome to grab one. Um, They're available for £10. Thanks, Ethan. Um, £10 and uh, there's card machine and that kind of stuff. If for some reason you want one but you're not able to um, pay for that financially, please come and talk to us. We never want money to be a reason why you can't um, get hold of something like this. So we've been running through all our culture statements and we are on number nine, which is God's word is powerful in changing lives. And this is what we say Uh, And I'm just going to read these to you. We know that God is always speaking and wanting to communicate with his family. Therefore, we place a high value on listening for his voice and recognizing the variety of ways he speaks. And that's what we're going to do a bit of this morning. We believe the Bible is the living, written word of God and not simply a guidebook for life. We believe God actively speaks through the Bible and we use it as a plumb line for growing in wisdom, knowledge and understanding of who God is. And then finally, we believe the gift of prophecy is to speak on God's behalf, to strengthen, encourage, and comfort people. And we desire to say what the Father is saying to help people grow in their identity and discover their God-given purpose and value. So Chris did part one last week, and he spoke, um, he focused a bit more on how we can hear God through the Bible. And what I loved was people coming up afterwards and telling me where we created that space to just sit and read the Bible and for God to speak. Actually, I had people coming and talking to me saying, I've read that part of the Bible loads of times, and I've never noticed that before. I felt like God showed me something in that. And today, we're focusing more on the rhema or rhema word of God, which is the personal speaking of God. So yes, God speaks through the Bible, but he also is interested in speaking to us personally. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Now, I don't know about you, if you've ever had a situation where you've rung somebody or someone's rung you, and they've effectively been pretending to be someone else, or it's not who you were expecting. We have a young lady living with us at the moment, and uh, recently I rang her, and a voice picked up the phone and was speaking as if it were her, and then I was like, "Uh, something's not quite right here, and I noticed just through the phrases that this girl was using that it wasn't who I was expecting. How did I know? Because I know her, 
I know what her voice sounds like, I know her really well, and when something was a little bit off, I could spot it straight away. And I would say that if we want to hear from God, the most important thing we have to start with is knowing him. We have to know him. If we want to know what he sounds like, we have to know him first. Now, I was looking at, so this really is hearing God can't be separated from knowing God. Now, the reason this is important is if you don't know what God is like or what he sounds like, you could easily interpret stuff in your head that you think is God speaking to you, but it's not him. And if you start living your life according to the stuff you think might be God, but it's not in line with God's character, that's going to get you into a whole load of trouble. So we first have to know what he's like. And I was doing some reading on, um, on paintings and forgeries, okay? Now, this is fascinating for me, that there are painters in the world who can forge incredible works of art. But listen to what it says in this article about forgeries. It says, Some experimental new computer programs seem to be able to spot a fake by mathematically comparing brushstroke patterns, how many, how long, how thick, to brushstrokes on better-known works by the same artist. Last summer, the Van Gogh Museum in Amsterdam commissioned a forgery of one of its paintings and presented a high-resolution image of a fake along with shots of four authentic Van Goghs to a team of analysis researchers. All three teams succeeded in ferreting out the forgery. How did they know? They've studied the brushstrokes of Van Gogh so much. They understand how he uses paint, how he uses the brush, how he puts it on, that when they saw something that wasn't that, they knew that's not Van Gogh. And I would suggest if we want to become good at hearing God's voice, we have to know his character. We have to know what he's like so that when someone else says something to us that doesn't add up, we'll be like, that's not his brushstrokes. That's not my dad. My dad doesn't say that about me. Because sometimes we get confused about what the world says and what people say and what God is actually saying. And we have to take time to know him and then question our beliefs about him. As someone who's grown up in church my whole life, you would think I had a good understanding of what God is like and his character. But in some ways, some of the hardest work I've had to do at spotting some forgeries in my thinking is unravel some of the stuff I learned in church. That's hard, right? You would expect that if you go to church, you hear about God, this is true, this must be true, and you have to make a decision even as you're listening to me today about whether this is true or not true. That's your choice to believe that or not. But what's hard is when you've been led to believe things about God by well-meaning, lovely, influential people, and you've interpreted that as being true, but you've never questioned those beliefs against God's character. So, for example, I've heard too many people say things like, yeah, I'm ill because God wants to teach me to rely on him more. Oh, my word. God can teach you to rely on him while you're ill, but he didn't make you ill. That's not God as a dad. That's not what he's like. That's not what he does. Or you've got people who say things like, God's keeping me in this situation so that I can help other people who are in the same situation. I don't know any good dad who would have a solution for their child and would keep them in a position of pain in order that they can help other people. That's called child abuse. That's abusive parenting. 
to keep your child in to make a child sick and to keep them sick is abusive. And yet somehow we turn it round in our theological thinking and our church thinking and like, oh, well, if it's God's will, if it's God's will, this must be God's way of trying to tell me something. No, it isn't. Because when I line that up with what I know of God's character, God is kind, God is loving, God is healer, God is father, God is compassionate, God is merciful. When I have those as my brushstrokes that I'm measuring things against, when I then hear something that doesn't add up, I can go, nope, that's not God. And then I can change my belief about that. Now, we're going to be a little bit interactive this morning. Don't worry, introverts. You don't have to talk to other people. So um, for all of you out there like, oh, no, she said interactive. So you're going to need something to write on, whether that's a journal, a device that you have. If you haven't got anything to take notes on or write with, our welcome team have got some paper and pens. So if you need paper and pen, please just shove a hand up and someone will bring them to you. If not, grab something which you typically would take notes on, whether that's a phone or a diary or a journal. We've got some people over here that are just waiting for some paper, please. Okay, so once you've got something to take notes or write with, this is the first thing that I want you to do. Just where you are, I would love you to write down five things you know or you think you know about what God is like. Five words that you would use to describe God's character. And you might say, oh, I've never read a Bible. I don't know much about God. How could I possibly know? Well, just have a go. So have a go at five things that you, oh, here we go. There's, um, Suzanne is still waiting for paper there. Um, five things that you know about what God is like. Even better is to be able to give evidence for that. Now, we haven't got loads of time this morning to do this, but I want you to, as you're writing them, if you've written kind, just think in your head about, okay, what evidence do I have for that? What, how do I know that? It might be because you've read it in the Bible. It might be because God's really been kind to you in a situation that was miraculous and it could have only been God. But just as you write the words down, just think, how do I know that? And so you might write something down and think, well, I think he's this, but I don't know why I think that. And that's okay too, because actually we need to keep questioning our beliefs about God. If we don't question them, then we'll never be able to hear God fully because we'll actually be filtering everything through the beliefs that we've been given by other people. So having said you don't have to talk to anyone, now you have a choice as to whether to just quickly, if you feel able to, turn to the person next to you and just tell them what you wrote down. And if someone next to you has written something down that you think, well, I'm not sure about that, that's the time to question it. So you don't have to do this, but I would encourage you, just turn to someone near you, tell them the five things you've written down, and then see if they agree, and see if there's anything they'd put a question mark next to in your list.
I would suggest if you've got the word dictator or punisher on your list, you may need to question that. I'd encourage you to question it. Stick-wielding dictator. Question that one. I'm not sure that's an accurate one. Okay, three, two, one... And stop. Okay, good. So you can go back to those. Now, the reason why I got you to do that is because we're going to do some practicing this morning at hearing from God. And when we're practicing, it's always good to have a checklist of if I've heard something and it doesn't match up to the character of God, then I should question it. Okay, so that's a little checklist for you to just check back on. But we're going to do some listening to God together and it's going to be easy and straightforward. And you might be sat here this morning thinking, I have never heard from God before. I've never heard God's voice. I've never heard him speak and I wouldn't know how to start. I'm saying to you this morning, you're in the right place because we're going to do it together and actually it's going to be really easy because in my life, I have never heard the audible voice of God ever and yet I see God's fingerprints speaking to me in things all the time and I love to notice what God is saying and how he's saying it. Now, I've said this before, but I think it merits saying again, if you've ever been on a Zoom call where someone's on mute which over COVID, I think we were all on far too many. And you can see someone's mouth moving and you're like, you're on mute. You're on mute. It doesn't mean they're not talking. It means you can't hear them because they're on mute. Just because you can't hear someone doesn't mean they're not talking. I'm going to say it again. Just because you can't hear someone doesn't mean they're not talking. So what happens with, for example, music, if you're playing something on your phone or on your computer, you'll see the bar moving along. The music is playing. It's moving along, but you won't hear it unless you turn the volume up. So you have to engage with hearing because God is speaking all the time. But if we place him on mute or we turn him down or we allow something much louder to come in, then we won't hear. Chris talked about silence a little bit last week and the challenge of if we have so much noise in our head and in our life, it's really hard to hear God because he's having to shout over a lot of other stuff. And so what we need to do is learn how to overwhelm the noise of life in our head by listening and noticing to how God's speaking because he's speaking all the time. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to talk to you about some of the ways that God speaks to me, and we're going to have a go at seeing what we notice together. So one of the ways that God speaks to me is through song lyrics. And you might think, oh, she's so holy, it's worship music. No, it's not. Most of the time, Chris and I run Ashford Sings, the choir. We sing a lot of pop songs in our house, a lot of pop and rock. Some are sacred and will never be attempted by Ashford Sings, um, because Chris says he just can't do it to himself. But what happens is we get earworms, right? Have you ever had that thing where you just have a song going round and round and round in your head? And I often have ignored that until I started noticing and I said to God, hang on, if I've got a song going round and round in my head, two things are at play. Either there's a song in my head or maybe you want to tell me something through this song. For ages, I woke up every morning with a song in my head, I believe in a thing called love. Just to the rhythm of my heart. The darkness, that song. Yeah? Anyway, 
I was waking up thinking, I don't even listen to this song. I have no idea why I'm singing it. And then I stopped after a number of days of, I believe in a thing called love in my head as I woke up. There's a lyric in that that says, I want to kiss you every minute, every hour, every day. Yeah, (laughs) you know the song, right? There is something in it that I felt like God was saying to me as I woke in in the morning. I want to be with you every minute, every hour, every day. And the intimacy of, I want to kiss you every minute, every hour, every day. Now, you might say, that's weird. But do you know what? God spoke to me in that moment of, it was fun. I didn't have an earnest prayer moment of, speak to me, Lord. I'm there rocking out to the darkness. I mean, even the band's called The Darkness. And I'm rocking out to the darkness, and he's still speaking to me in that moment. So song lyrics is a way that God speaks sometimes. Sometimes it's in your dreams. I'd encourage you to keep a notebook by your bed and write down the dreams you remember. If you really want a great story, Becca will tell you, if you give us any time to tell you about the story of how the beehive dream came together in town. And that that was partly catalyzed, if that's a word, by an overnight dream I had when I was camping where God showed me, me in a shop, he showed me how it worked, then he showed me, me in the council, asking for a free building, then he told me it was October, this was August, and I woke up and I said to Chris, what do you think it means? And he laughed at me, and he said, "Uh, I think it means you need to open a shop in October, and I spoke to Becca, and it collided with her daytime dreaming, so God had been speaking to Becca for years and years in her awake hours, about these dreams she had. He gave me a dream in the night time. Those two things collided and the beehive came to be. And if you want to know that it's God talking, it can only be God when you have a dream in August and in October you open a shop fully staffed, fully clothed and ready to go to serve people and you get it for free. That's God, right? That's evidence that it's only God. So that's a dream in the night time. But most of the time God speaks to me when I notice things. I notice things in nature, or I notice something about somebody, or I notice and I think, huh, what do I notice about that? So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to put up for you a picture, in fact, I'll quickly just do this, but I'll quickly just show you some of where in the Bible we've got evidence of the fact that he's always speaking. So here it says in Jeremiah, call to me and I will answer you. I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. So God says, I will show you. I will speak to you. It's a promise in there. Or in Matthew, Jesus answered, it's written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word from the mouth of God. Or in Isaiah, he wakes me morning by morning with the darkness. (laughs) He wakes me morning by morning, wakens my ear to listen like one being instructed. He wants your attention. He's going to wake you up every morning with things to say. You need to decide whether to turn the volume up or take him off mute. And be careful what you wish for, because when you do, it gets a lot more adventurous. When we start living like God is speaking and he's got stuff to tell us, life gets messy. Really messy, because our plans start to go all out the window. And then we start to actually align our thinking and our hearts with his plans. And it's time to strap in and be in for a good ride. Because actually, it's not our straightforward plans. God has abundantly more than we could ask or imagine. And this one, which is a real favorite of people's in the Bible, from Proverbs, trust in the Lord with all your heart. We like that. Don't depend on your own understanding. We don't like that so much because we love to understand. Seek his will in all you do, 
and he will show you which path to take. Now, can I suggest that for most people reading this Bible verse, they love the last line. The end. God, show me which path to take. But what they don't want to do is seek his will in everything they do. They want to know the answer. They want the destination. Show me which way to go, God. And he's like, engage with me every day. Seek me in everything you do, and then I'll show you. Trust me, and then I'll show you. So I'm going to have a look at some really simple things where God is going to speak to us this morning. The first thing I'm going to show you is this. This picture is above my desk in the office. You'll see that it doesn't have any words on it. And what I would love you to do is just take a moment with your paper, your device, your journal, whatever you're writing in, and I want you to look at that picture, and I want you to ask God, tell me something. Tell me something for me in that picture. And then write it down. Now, if you're sat here thinking, I've got nothing. Everyone else seems to be hearing God and I can't hear him. That's not true. What I want you to do, if you're finding this hard to do with an open thing, is I want you to imagine that's you and you're carrying a big bag. You're carrying a weight around with you. And you've decided the time has come to take the weight off and God is going to come and remove that from you. Now I want you to say, what's in the bag? So you can do this generically, or I want you to specifically ask yourself, even if you don't think you're hearing from God, answer the question, what's in the bag? So here's a dilemma when we talk about hearing from God. You need to decide now whether you're just making it up or whether you're hearing from God. Let me introduce you to a reality of all people that hear Jesus. We, we all do this. We all have to, at some point, make the jump between, is this just in my head or is this God? I would suggest that God can talk to you through your imagination and your own thoughts and your own ideas. And it's really important that we allow him and give him permission to talk to us that way. Because if not, we disqualify ourselves from ever hearing from him. Because we say, well, it sounds like me. Yes, it does. And he is more than able to use your imagination and your thoughts to encourage you and to speak to you. Oh, but it doesn't sound like God's voice. It sounds like my voice. Yes, it does, because that's the internal voice that he's given you and he's designed you with. So it's okay to go with it. So if you're sat there thinking, well, I don't know what God's telling me is in the bag, answer this question. What have you got in your life right now which you feel is weighty and you feel like it would probably be a good idea for you to take the weight off? You answer the question for you. So we're going to move on from that one. Next up, I love that God talks in really creative ways. And a bit like song lyrics, I think sometimes we try and pigeonhole God talking into ways that we think he might like to talk. Sometimes God talks through number plates. Sometimes God talks through road signs. Sometimes he talks through what someone's wearing. Sometimes he talks through somebody's name. There's all kinds of ways, but if we box him into, well, God only talks this way or this way, we're going to miss loads of what he's got to say. So I'm going to show you this picture. You've got a choice of two here, or you can do both. 
One is a picture that I took when I was walking in the woods near us that I felt God stopped me in my tracks and he spoke to me about something going on in my life, the one on the left. And then on the right, you've got a stack of road signs. Now, what I want you to do is take a look at one or both of these pictures. You can take your pick and ask God to draw your attention to something. One particular road sign or something about that tree. And then I want you to say what you notice. If it's too hard for you to get your head around, God, tell me, just what do you notice? What do you notice about either the picture on the left or one of the pictures on the right? And then write that down. I would also encourage you not to disqualify yourself from the first thing you thought because you thought it wasn't serious enough or didn't sound like God. Do you know what I love is that there might be someone in here who's been really wanting to treat themselves to a new bike and they've not known whether actually that's a good idea to spend their money on that. And God's like, I got Nick to put a picture of a bike on a screen for you this morning to say, go do it. I think sometimes there is a feeling that we think the first thing we notice, you might say, well, the first sign that I noticed was the motorbike. Well, that can't be God. So often, I think that we think, oh, God, we notice something, and then we think, well, that doesn't feel like it's serious enough to be God, or I don't think God would talk like that. Don't try and work out how God would talk. God's really creative, and he can talk to you in loads of ways through loads of different things. So let's not limit him. Let's not limit him. Okay, grab one minute, two minutes maybe, if you would like to, to turn someone next to you and tell them something you noticed. And they might have something to add to what you noticed, okay? So quickly just turn where you are and say, what did you notice, either about the tree or about the road signs? Okay. Can you just give me an indication by just waving at me if you noticed something? If there was something that you noticed that you felt like, yep, I noticed something, something stuck out to me. Okay, good. Okay, last one of this activity. What I want you to do is don't stare because it's weird, but look at someone near you. (laughs) And I want you to write down the first thing you notice about them. It might be something you know about them that makes you notice, but someone near you, what do you notice about them? It might be something about what they're wearing, how they look, something you know about their character, something about what you notice. What kind of, what do you think of when you look at that person? Someone near you, something you notice about them. Okay, and now, with that thing that you've noticed, I want you to take just a second to think, ask God, why did I notice that? What is it about that? What's relevant? Why did I notice that? Okay? So I want you to now just write down, ask God, first thing that comes to mind, why did I notice that? If your other half is here, this is a great time to earn some brownie points. (laughs) 
can I say, this is a great time to get some brownie points. And if you're single, it's a great time to be able to scout the room out, to notice things. So, you know, options available for everybody this morning. Okay, so we're going to bring this all into land. So if you can head back this way, and we're going to say the final thing I want to say this morning is that hearing God demands action. It's one thing to hear God, it's one thing to notice, it's one thing to open our eyes, open our ears, and engage with him morning by morning by morning, but if it doesn't change our lives and we don't do anything with what we hear, then I would suggest it's a waste of time. Because actually, it demands action. When we hear from God, whether we think it's our head or not, whether we've checked it against our checklist of what God's like, and it seems like God, it smells like God, it sounds like God, and then we do nothing then I would suggest we've wasted our time. Because when we hear from God, he's telling us things in order to bring change and transformation, not just to make us feel good. It says this in Matthew, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against the house, but it didn't fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. And then in James it says this, Do not merely listen to the word, to the things God says, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but doesn't do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. They will be blessed in what they do. And can I encourage you on a practical note? Find a place, a space to record and to write down the things God says. Sometimes if you're not hearing God speak, it's because he's already said it. And what he said before is still true and relevant. Sometimes we're like, God, I need to hear from you. I need to know what to do. And he's like, I've already told you what to do. You just haven't done it yet. So I'm not speaking right now. Because I need you to pay attention to the thing I already said. So let's be aware that God's not withholding himself as a punishment from you. He just doesn't have something new to say, potentially. Maybe he needs you to go back and listen to what he said before. The only way you can know what he said before is if you can remember it. And none of us have got a perfect memory. So write stuff down. Keep diaries. Keep journals. Keep notes. Chris and I have voice notes on our phone. And if we're in a situation where someone says, I feel like God wants to say something to you, we always whip the phone out and say, hang on a minute. And then we press record. Why? Because we want to take that away and think about it. We want to learn from it. We want to do something about it rather than just say, thank you. That was nice. And walk away. Some of the most powerful things that God has done in my own life, and even just very recently, is when people have been brave enough to do something with what they feel God has told them. Just recently, there's been a couple of people who've come and had something they felt God was saying for me that was hard. And they could have sat on it, and they could have done nothing with it, and they could have held on to it and said, oh God, tell them another way. But... But they didn't, 
And they were brave, and they came and spoke to me, and they said, I feel like this is what God's saying. What they couldn't have known is that God had also sent a second person to say exactly the same thing that they didn't know was coming to say it. But it requires courage, because we have to do something. When I walk around Little, I do my food shop. Every Wednesday morning at 8 o'clock, I go to Little and do my food shop. My brave warnings are when I get my trolley and I say, God, speak to me for someone in here today. Give me something to encourage them. And just to be clear, I don't walk around Lidl saying, thus saith the Lord. You know, that's weird. That's a way to get chucked out of Lidl. Don't do that. Don't do that. But what I have done in Lidl is be able to speak to, I mean, I basically know the life story of all the checkout people in Lidl. Um, because I invest the time in getting to know them as they're throwing my shopping through really quickly, because it matters to me that I have a chance to give them something of what God has for them. And the number of times I've seen in a supermarket a parent with a child lying on the floor, kicking and screaming, and like everything's going wrong, and the amount of times God has said to me, tell them they're a good mum. And I've walked past, and in a moment, I've just been able to say, you okay? And they kind of do like a, ah, look. And I say, you're doing a great job. You're a really good mum. The number of times someone's cried at that moment, not because of something profound that has happened in the natural, but because God needed to align their thinking with who he says they are, not with what they were seeing in front of them in their circumstances. But it requires courage. If we hear from God, we need to do something about it. And so on that note... We're going to finish now. We're going to stand. I'm going to pray for you all. And then as we go from here, you're going to go and find the person you noticed. And you're going (laughs) to... Barbara's ready to go. So you can all stand. Stand. Um, So I'm going to pray for us. And then what I'd love you to do is as we go, I want you to go and find the person that you noticed, the thing you noticed about them. And I want you to take courage to go notice it. Tell them what you notice. If you don't feel like you have a reason for that, you don't have to make one up. That's okay. Tell them what you noticed and then just pray blessing on that person. Encourage them. If something else comes to you and you want to pray more into it, go for it. But in its simplest forms, tell the person what you noticed about them and then just pray a blessing for them. This is how you do that. If you've never prayed for anyone before, you say, God bless you. The end. That's how you do that, okay? So that is like you don't need to go to a training school to know how to bless someone. Just God bless you is totally fine. Bless you. You can even just do that, okay? So let's pray together. Father, I thank you that you are a God who is always speaking. I pray that you would make us a people who notice that we become almost obsessive noticers, that we would be people who wake every day and we hear your voice first, and the last thing we hear before we sleep is your voice. And for those of us that wake in the night, that we would hear your voice, that we would notice how you're speaking to us through nature, through other people, through the things that we notice in our day-to-day, through children, that our children and young people have so much to teach us and show us about how you speak and what you're like. Let us listen to them. And let us become people who are analysts and researchers of your brushstrokes, of how you speak, of what you're like, of who you are, so that we would know you so intimately that we can hear you speaking and we can pick a forgery out in in just a moment that you would give us discernment to know your voice from all the others and that we would focus on your voice and your voice alone. 
whether it's internally, externally, through wise people, through whatever it is we're noticing, help us to discern your voice and then have the courage to do something about what we hear. Thank you, God. Amen. Thank you for listening to Numa Sunday's podcast. For more information, go to numachurch.uk where you can find more ways to connect with us. Have a great week and remember you're loved.